Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 86. This week on the episode, I have a return guest uh, due to your request. Um, So on Instagram earlier this week, uh, late last week, whatever it was, I posted on my story and was like, hey, who do you guys want to have on the show? You know, I'm always looking for suggestions and I'm trying to make as many of them work as I can. Uh, But I ended up having this suggestion and it just so happened that they've got new music and projects that they're working on. So it actually worked out really well. Uh, And that guest is Nick Rosen, also known as Sloan. Um, This is actually technically the third time I'm talking with him. Um, so all the way back on episode number 51 was the first time that I did my conversation with Nick. Uh, it's kind of the first time I introduced him to any of my listeners. Um, and he was kind of in a little bit of a different project back then. Um, it was still just him doing his music, but he was on a different record label. He was kind of writing a different sound at that time, things like that. Uh, Then we followed that up and had Nick on for the Musicians for Mental Health uh, podcast. And he was actually our very first full-length episode. And we talked about uh, mental health, obviously, depression, and some of the stuff he had went through late 2020 very early 2021 um he was just incredible to talk to there because it was so open and honest and real and i think a lot of fans really liked how transparent he was with his story and how open he was with it um so yeah he got requested and i hit him up and i was like hey man uh people apparently want to hear you talk again (laughs) and he was down so uh, in this episode, we talk about a, a variety of things, him kind of changing his sound, switching record labels. Uh, we talk about a couple of the new tracks and some of the stuff he has in store. And, you know, we go off on little tangents and whatnot, uh, just because that's who he is and who I am. But I think there's a lot of really cool conversation in here for you guys, and I really hope you enjoy it. So... Because I've already kind of introduced him before, you know, two other podcasts with him. Uh, Let's just dive in to my conversation with Sloan. Um, Yeah, so let's go ahead and and jump into kind of the meat of the episode here. Uh, In case people haven't listened to your first episode or the mental health episode, um, I'm here with Nick, a.k.a. Sloan. Let's give a little background. You know, you're you're kind of a unique project, so it's always fun to hear your story. Um, yeah, basically, I grew up uh, doing lots of music in L.A. Um, you know, fortunate. I grew up in the punk scene, uh, really going to a lot of, like, classic L.A. punk shows. Um, and then I kind of got very deep into the L.A. jazz scene. Um, like the Pan-African People's Orchestra, the music of Horace Tapscott. Uh, if anyone's listening and they're curious, there's a book called The Dark Tree you can listen to that documents uh, black music in L.A. from the 60s to present. That's amazing. 
it's not like Kamasi Washington, whatever. Those like very much my scene that I became obsessed with. And then I went to college and just got really into like being a studio musician. So I'm 36. And since about 20, I've made my living being like music director, studio musician, and always kind of helped, always done music for myself. I've, uh, I was signed to a label like a decade ago for jazz. Um, and then just a couple of years, two years ago, um, I had an offer to do a new project uh, with a song that I had written for myself singing. So that's when I decided it'd be kind of fun to start from scratch or have a new beginning. So I made the alter ego vibe Sloan and uh, started to kind of do it just for me, music. Um, and Sloan, so Sloan's like the first time ever writing, doing, producing, doing all the stuff that I want just for me. Are you there? I'm back. Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah. So um, I cut out right after you said that you had or the the book that people should check out um oh. so go figure right uh but i i think i know where you were going with part of that is that you've you've done music you know on your own as well but uh being a studio music musician for people that aren't familiar like i don't think for a lot of people they understand especially for someone like you mm. like when you're multi-instrumental like you know like you specifically know all kinds of instruments so how do you you know make that transition to like this is what i'm going to do as a day job is studio musician and then become the artist aside from that yeah i mean it's funny i was just talking to my neighbor kind of a similar thing where it's like uh because there's always that thing like it's hard like even when i pick up new instruments it's hard because you don't I don't think that I know enough about the one instrument, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, like I play all the string instruments and I still feel like I'm learning how to play a C major chord on bass or whatever. But so for learning, um, but for me with the songs and the lyrics, it was more of like, that's a little different because it's like, I don't worry so much that I'm the best at singing or the best at writing. It's really just, I have mm -hmm. to get these feelings out. So it, that's a nice delineation, you know? Um, for me it's like really like this is like therapy like i just have to get these songs out and it's really good i think when i first started sloan it was more like writing what i thought songs should be they were like i guess pretty poppy or whatever pretty cool but like kind of poppy i guess they're kind of poppy now but they're more just like me writing whatever i feel like the song that i had come out last week is a song called better now and it's really minimal and it's just it's just me chop you know it's just me my feels and um so i think for focusing on being a writer artist now it's just less about perfection and more just about being you know mm -hmm. um yeah i think we we touched on it in i think the mental health episode but talking about like authenticity right like like you said the the older stuff that you have was more kind of generated as a musician to be profitable and make money and you know don't get me wrong we all want to make money and do what we love but now i think your your songs are a lot more like you said they're a lot more like conscious and intentional that this is really who i am and i just need to get these these thoughts and feelings out yeah i i think so and that's how i'm trying to kind of be just in general right now you know um worry less about 
how things should be and just what I what I'm trying to be. You know, I'm really intrigued by what things are without input from other things. Yeah. Um, so Sloan's been really nice. I mean, like I just finished my next what will be my next single, I think will release in like October or something with my label. And the guy who runs my label now also produces with me. Um, I'm like, we were working on the song and he sent me the mix. He's like, do you have any notes? I was like, nah, let's put it out. Let's just do the next one. Right. Cause it's like, I don't even want to nitpick stuff. I just want to enjoy the moment, appreciate it and then move on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, <clears throat> to tie into that for people that aren't following you yet, um, a, a perfect example of what you just said as far as like being who you are without the input of others you just posted earlier today the the photos of you chilling in the the studio space but also the picture of the wolf that has the quote um, yeah. wolves are not you know affected by the opinions of sheep paraphrasing yeah. that obviously but um, I think that's a lot of people when they first see that quote think maybe it's more of an arrogance thing like oh i'm above everybody else and that's not the intent behind any of that mm. it's that i'm my own individual and just because i may not appeal to the masses doesn't mean i don't appeal to to someone or myself yeah i mean and that's kind of exactly what i meant by that you know because it's like my friend who actually saw that quote originally he has it up in his studio and he owns a wolf he has a pet wolf <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> and the wolf is just, I don't know if you've been really, if you've hung out with wolves. Um, I have not. <laughs> they're not bothered by much. They're really great. And it's, you know, especially living in a domestic way, they're, they're definitely like the apex predator, but they're just so great and strong. And like, I don't know, I just, I, I'm very connected to them. Um, so for me, yeah, it's like. It's kind of a, a self self-assurance and self-reliance thing right like mm. a wolf doesn't need a lot of things around to provide for itself like obviously they're a pack animal in the wild sure. but like in general like you said they're an apex predator they can provide for themselves yeah versus your you know domesticated house cat that right and what i'm learning everything and what i'm learning is that's how you actually do better anyway because you know it's better to have fewer fans that are more engaged than you know and not to like throw shit or whatever i mean the last label i was on was great and very nice people yeah. however you know um my new guy who runs my labels is guy jimmy messer he's amazing um and uh we were just kind of looking at my first song comes out sideways and we're like hey let's deep dive into why this isn't streaming like we thought it would or whatever um, it turned out my old label had just been like paying for a lot of plays, mm. um, and different things. And they were very, I think they were very concerned and I don't know if they were trying to just like get streamed so they could sell their music to other label. I, I don't know. I don't right. know what the, I don't want to, what whatever their thing was, Yeah. but that actually messed me up now, you know? And I didn't right. realize it's like that actually is making it so much harder now. And so now my whole focus is on like, just real people really connecting with it. it yeah. You know, like I had a girl, I think last month or the month before, send me a message on Instagram yeah. that uh, she had been raped. And after she dealt with the assault and all this stuff, she heard one of my old songs grow up mm -hmm. and it moved her. And so she got it tattooed on her legs. Yeah. And uh, then she sent me the tattoo 
and she's in like this super cool relationship now. She's uh, where is she? Her, her, they're going. They, she, her, and her boyfriend. They live in Wisconsin, I think. R- whatever, doing great. Yeah. And uh, it just made my whole whole year that I got that message. You know, yeah. um, that was everything to me. Um, so yeah, I don't know where really I was going with that, but that's the kind of connection and success that I'm trying to have. I, I think your point was that you know, like, cool, a million streams, but if none of those people are engaging and you don't really know how it's resonating with people it's almost an empty satisfaction, right? Like, it's cool that I have that number to say, but I can't quantify it with any experience. Yeah, it doesn't, it's the same token, like, okay, I don't do it, but I know what to do if I wanted to like pop off on TikTok, for instance. Right. Like, I know, I've, I know the things to do, right? But then I would be getting popular based on what's trending, not on things that I actually care about, you know, and that, you know, then you're building a foundation on something that's shaky. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't want to have gone through all this therapy and all the shit that I've gone through to fucking make, to build on a foundation that's not solid, you know? And so like, I love, I actually really like TikTok and I don't mind Instagram. I don't actually mind any of these things, but I'm trying to, I don't know if I'm succeeding, like just find a way that it's organic to me to use. And I'm not even trying to say that in like a cop-out way where like, I don't, like sometimes I feel maybe people say that because they're not getting the engagement that they want. So they're like, oh, well, I'm just doing this in a way that works for me. Like, no, I really just want to do it in a way that works for me and like, you know, like actually I've been using TikTok now. I actually kind of dig it because I'll just film videos of myself playing. I don't even check them and I just fucking post them. And yeah, I, I dig it. I'm like, fucking great. Who fuck cares what I look like? Who cares what I say? I'm like, fucking let's go, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it's but, been like, yeah. But that's that authenticity that you talked about earlier, right? Like it doesn't have to be, and not to knock them by any means, but like, Justin Bieber or, you know, Katy Perry or someone like that, they're not going to necessarily do that raw studio video because that's not the the front that they have out there. Um, it needs to be polished for a lot of those types of people. Whereas now it's like, for you, polished is cool, but jagged people. So... Right. But even though, I, even actually like Bieber and them, I feel like People look at what Bieber actually like because he's got whatever 190 something million followers. His Instagram is so uncurated and I actually really dig it. And I think people are missing the message of that. I mean, it's a little like it's very pro Jesus and a lot of things fine. But like I actually dig that and I think people are missing the point. Like, you know, it's that old thing like 30,000 songs are released to Spotify every week or whatever that overwhelming statistic is, you know. So unless you're on a major label or any entity that's spending a lot of money to playlist, whatever, push it through relationships, you're going to get lost in the mix unless you're just being completely authentic and unique. And that can, that can either feel overwhelming or that can feel empowering because it can be like, sick, great. Congratulations. If you're yourself and you're unique, you'll fucking stand out. Awesome. There you go. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And I think, you know, to your point on the uh, the Instagram, like not making them super curated, I think that's where I want to say you and I talked about it a little bit, 
Mm. Like the toxicity of, of social media, right? Like, especially Instagram, everybody puts up their best face 95% of the time. Yeah. So a lot of that real person gets lost because like, we'll use the Kardashians. The Kardashians are obviously putting out the the pretty fil filter, you know, right. the airbrushed photo, whatever. But like, cool, what about you just woke up at 3 a.m., you're hungry for a fucking burrito, like, where's that part of your life? Right, and it's hard because on some levels that's trending on Instagram where like they want the close up. Right. But my point is, I guess it's like not doing it because it's trending. Right. I think I, it's really hard to just cut through and just do it because you want to do it, you know? Yeah. Like, um, like and, and I think that's a thing. And if you come back around to it being like a super polished whatever, then great. But I think it's just taking the time or whatever journey to just do whatever feels right is the point, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, like, look, I think no matter some, depending on how you use things, they can be really toxic or really great to use. Like for instance, yeah, like TikTok's actually like helping build my self-confidence. I, I think it's great. Of the same token, like, I go to this thing called Barry's Boot Camp. It's like a workout thing. I, I went this morning and it could either be like you could be super in your head comparing yourself to everyone in the class, or you could be there like fucking high-fiving people and like fucking this is awesome. We're here, like we're rad. And I choose to do that. And as someone that's dealt with like body dysmorphia and all that shit, it's like, I love that. Like, so, and then when I understand that, I understand that like everything can be like that. Everything can be toxic or can add into thing. Cause in the end, all I can ever do with any of that shit is control how I respond to it. Yeah. Period. I, exactly. And I think that comes down to not to dive into the mental health stuff. Cause we've done that. I mean, we'll touch on it. I'm sure, but sure. like it goes back to that whole, like knowing the boundary. Right. So okay, I know if I sit here and scroll on Instagram for an hour, I'm going to feel shitty about myself because I've seen all this other stuff. So set that boundary that I'm only going to put 15 minutes in at a time. Or, you know, the second that I start, well, why doesn't my house look like that? Or whatever, comparing yourself. Yeah. Get the fuck out and go do something else so that you're not stuck in your head. That's important. Yeah, I need to do that more too. Cause I was just talking with my buddy last week about like also the scarcity mindset mm -hmm. where like for me, whether it's like, I'll go on a date with someone, it doesn't work out. So then I'm like, fuck, I'm never going to meet someone like that. Or I'm never going to feel like I did about my ex-girlfriend. Or it's like, if you lose a gig, you're never going to get that gig again. Or this album, or if uh, this douchebag fucking passed on you for this Spotify thing, blah, 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 whatever, you know? And I think, if you live like that, I live like that, that I'm living in a scarce scarcity mindset and I'm missing so much, you know, it's almost like, um, we're debating all these little pieces of like rubble on the ground when there's like all these natural minerals under the ground that we're not even looking at. Right. Yeah. And I think that's such a powerful thing for, for people too, is to, like, it's okay to think about those things, obviously. Like, everybody's going to think about those things. Yeah. But it's important to know, like, that realistically is, you know, 
just because like you said let's use the date for an example you know just because this this person didn't work out dating wise is that the last person are probably not you know there's there's someone else out there that you're going to be able to move on to so it's really figuring it out and like making that realization i guess that you can learn from it and go okay well did not work out because of them me or you know some combination and what can we do to move forward and better ourselves like you said like it's all about kind of that vision of this could either really suck or i can turn this into a positive and start working on something yeah i i uh yeah so i had a thought that just left me but i mean i <laughs> I, I totally agree where it's like so i've been really thinking about that because i also think a lot about like i say a lot of things and i'm like do i even live by them you know mm-hmm. um so one thing that i always say a lot is that like you have no power in life unless you're okay with everything burning and and I, I was like, do I fucking fully live by that? Or do I just like tell someone that and then they're like inspired, you know? Right. Um, so I'm like really trying to live with it like that where I'm like, no, I think I am. Cause like for instance, last week, I was supposed to go to Europe last week and I was supposed to leave at 9.30 PM a week ago and they canceled me at 10 AM. And it wasn't because of COVID, it was because of an absolute idiot manager, period. Yeah. And period. And <laughs> So I could be upset, I could be down, I could be bummed, whatever. But I was like, you know what? I'm on vacation in LA this week now. And like, let me just respond to that differently, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's like a good reminder that like things happen, they don't happen, they burn, they succeed. But if I'm consistent, then everything's kind of just straight ahead, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that goes into the, you know, the old adages about, in every failure, there's a lesson to be learned or, you know, in every disappointment, there's an opportunity and things like that. And I think that's a a perfect point. Like, okay, so that didn't work out under shitty circumstances, but instead of dwelling on it for the whole week and letting it fuck me up for a whole week, what can I do instead? Like now I've got a week off. What can I go? I can go to the beach. I can go, you know, work out. I can do all these things. A hundred percent. I mean, I keep asking myself, can I create value? Yeah. And I don't, and I, and I'm constantly redefining what that means, you know? Um, and I'm like, am I creating value today? And that doesn't mean money. That doesn't mean anything. I'm just trying to redefine what that means. Um, and that's been like my guiding principle of late. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, that plays into the success looks different for everyone, right? Like, obviously in the materialistic capitalist world that we live in money equals some form of success and happiness yeah but is it possible to be content and happy without a ton of money and just great friends and a really good support circle and you know doing the things that you love i can guarantee you there are a lot of people out there that make hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars every year that are some of the most miserable people on the planet. Right. And, and everywhere in between, you know? Right. And I was talking about that last night where it's like, I mean, in the end, you don't need much to be completely free. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, and that's kind of the thing that I've been grateful for the pandemic is I, everyone, I myself had to live much simpler. Yeah, for sure. And I kind of dig that because now that like income for me is kind of whatever it's back, I guess. And I'm working a lot again and I, I didn't really quite stop working, but it's fine now. Um, it's nice to be like, cool. Like I don't need that much. And then when I do need to get stuff, it's like, I really appreciate it so much more. So I'm like, man, if my life, if I did get a million dollars right now, my life would pretty much look the same. You know, it would look the, I might buy the house that I live in. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, like whatever, but like, I'm kind of already living the dream. So in the end, that's like, isn't that the biggest kind of freedom? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, back in, at the end of April-ish, um, had left the previous day job and got this new day job. And like my mindset and uh, like mental health even has really taken a big change because now I'm not dreading going to work every day. Mm. Like I'm in a different job field. The people that I work with are amazing. You know, like it, it changed everything. I'm making basically the same amount of money as I was at the other job. I'm just happier now. A hundred. I mean, same. I, I was doing the nightclub thing before I was music director at a nightclub. Yeah. And I'm ba- I might be making more now doing shit that I like, you know? Right. And like doing it on honestly better terms. Yeah. And I'm also just like learning so much about pace because like we were talking about at the beginning what you should do or shouldn't do. You know, I'm taking expectation out of it. Like, Mm -hmm. should I wake up early? Should I go to bed late? Doesn't matter. All that matters is like giving myself space and time to work that out. Yeah. So it's like, like just, yeah, to tie it back in what we were talking about first, where it's like, like yesterday I did an orchestra for this really great band called Layup, a real Mm -hmm. cool rock band. Um, And I did like orchestra for them. And, uh, the actual recording probably only took two or three hours. Right. But like I sat with the parts, I set it up, me and Spike, my dog over here, we got coffee for a while. I read a book. I, you know, I chilled. Then when I was really ready to go, I, I fucking killed it. You know, I like, I really knocked out this great orchestra. I was so stoked. Was done by seven, took myself to a great dinner, bam. And I was like, and, and I was like, okay, this is the thing now. It's like just letting myself do whatever needs to do without any input, you know? Yeah. And I think like we were saying in the beginning, that's like the main thing for me is just taking the time to let things be whatever they need to be without input. Yeah, you know? for sure. And because that's the thing too. Sometimes like if I get upset that someone doesn't message me back or that someone responds to me a different way, someone's I'm not taking into consideration their situation. And not only am I not taking into consideration their situation, I'm not letting their situation blossom to come fruition, to maybe come back around, to come back to me in a way that's actually better. Right. Yeah. And I I think that's, especially on social media, it's an important thing to remember is that probably, I'm not even going to give it a percentage, but I would say the vast majority of the time, somebody leaves a shitty comment on your Instagram or it's entirely possible that A, it's either out of jealousy of you or B, they're having their own bad day or whatever. Mm -hmm. So don't let it, just let it slide. Like you could take that negativity and and bring it in and let it, you know, be a seed and, and grow into this vile plant or 
you can go, man, that sucks for them. I hope their day gets better and just move past it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too, is like, well, yeah. Cause I think about that a lot. Cause like, I, 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 I will admit I briefly this year dated someone with uh, extreme polar opposite political views as me. Right. Um, you know, uh, did I lose you, you there? I think I lost you. Are you there? Yep, I'm here. Oh. There we go. So extreme different views as me. Um, and it was good, wasn't good in the end, but like what was good is to realize that like there's no value created in trying to get someone to see how I see things or to get the thing there's value in trying to connect with people as humans, you know? Yeah. And I think, yeah. And so I was grateful for her cause she like opened up my eyes to like how to communicate to some people. Cause she, you know, I personally, whatever, doesn't matter, but she's like very, very, very anti-vaccine fucking very pro Trump. All good. If you are whatever, like very, um, four things that I am not for, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And like, and like, she's very attractive. So she like, she became like, she started now being like a guest news anchor on Newsmax. I mean, like real intense, you know, Um, real intense. Um, (laughs) But like, the thing to do is not to like troll someone's Instagram and like, add, you know, the thing to do is like, show compassion, be a good person and like be consistent as a person. Yeah, you know, like your my beliefs don't waver depending on who's talking to me. My opinions right. don't waver, you know? Um, yeah, I think the there's an old, back when I worked in retail, I had to read a bunch of different, you know, leadership books and whatnot. Um, and there was a, a quote that stuck with me because it transcends even the retail world. And that's mm-hmm. when we don't see eye to eye, seek to understand. Like, your views may not be exactly in a line, but that doesn't mean we can't sit down and have a rational, calm, civil conversation. And if at the end, nothing changes, fine. Nothing changes. We can move on and still be ourselves. If one of us is, you know, oh, you never never thought about that point or whatever, and we start moving ourselves, that's fine too. But like, I think the one of the biggest problems in the world right now is we have all these different views and instead of anyone trying to like consciously and calmly interact with each other it's just immediately like my guard goes up you don't believe the same thing i believe so now we're on the the attack and and we're uh-huh. just going to figure it out that way like that doesn't help a hundred percent someone who was at my house a few weeks ago said he heard that a definition of listening could be that you're willing to change your opinion while the other person is talking. Yeah. And, and I, and I don't know that that's an all encompassing definition, but it's pretty, it's cool though. Cause like, you know, yeah. Like I want to be, it's the same thing. Like you don't want to be that guy that like fucking someone starts playing something and I'm like, Oh, well this is the fucking lick. I play over that. Cause this shit is cool. Trust me. Right. It's really cool. You know, or like a girl starts singing in the studio. You're like, trust me, fucking play this. It works. It's cool. It's awesome. Or you can just listen and be like, you know what? This moment has taught me that I need to do something else right now. Yeah. 
And I think, you know, we don't have to get super deep in, in the religion thing, but you're a practicing Buddhist. So like mm -hmm. at some point in your life, that became kind of a trigger too. like the quote unquote mainstream religion isn't what works for you. So I found another avenue, you know, like this was a yep. trigger moment to I resonate better over here versus the mainstream. A hundred percent. So let's dive into some of the music you've released so far this year, bud. Because uh, this year looks like it's going to shape up and be a, a pretty big year for you. Um, Hope so. What, yeah. I, um, one of them that you've already kind of touched on just briefly was Come Out Sideways. Um, I think this track was super um, not only for you to release, but for people to hear. Mm. Um the, the line in there that I'm going to play this for my therapist on Wednesday, mm -hmm. you know, they say that breakdowns look like progress. Like, I think that line is so fucking powerful because it, A, it mentions therapy in a song in not a negative way. Yeah. Like it's, it's cool to me because it's, it's that authenticity that we've talked about and it really is kind of shedding light on it's okay to talk to, even if it's not a therapist, like it's okay to talk to people about what's going on in your life. It's super okay. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, you used this song, you said music in general is, is kind of a therapy for you. Talk a little bit about writing this and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I assume there was a little bit of hesitancy or, or maybe fear of releasing something this vulnerable. Actually, no. Okay. I, it actually felt good because it was so honest, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's like once you're okay just being out there, it's just – it's free. Why would you want to go back? And I was writing that with my buddy Juan Ariza. We do some music together. Um, and uh, we were writing via FaceTime. We wrote the whole song in like an hour because I was just basically just going stream of consciousness, just talking about shit. Yeah. And – and I was like, man, I fucking, I feel like I'm this deep guy, but everything I say comes out sideways, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's like really confusing because it's like, uh, I think I'm saying what I perceive to be deep things or whatever. And then people are like, dude, you're a very confusing person. I don't understand you. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, okay, that just really missed the mark. Um, and I, I was really inspired by like that, like Phoebe Bridgers, 1975, very like overly overly like real just like stream of consciousness type writing um i was really intrigued by that that was yeah I, I can't are you back i think so can you hear me okay. yeah your okay. your picture's frozen but your voice is back. oh there you go okay cool um uh, but yeah so just really uh inspired by it and that song felt great because it's there's essentially no production. It's just acoustic guitar. Then I played a string quartet at the end. That's it. And I, I love it. Um, and I like it because you, I could just play it. I could go right now and just play it. And that's new. And that's new for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, you know, a lot of your songs previously, you already kind of mentioned that like had the complaint in them because they were written to be, kind of the cookie cutter to some degree. Um, and jazz is not super easy to just grab an instrument and play anyway. Yeah. 
Um, but I'm really, yeah, I'm more excited. Comes Out Sideways was my first song on this new label, Parts and Labor, that I signed to. Mm-hmm. I did two songs independent this year just to kind of do them at the top of the year. And now Comes Out Sideways, and then I had the song Better Now last week, which is a great song. My friend Brianna Grace, who sings with me on it, I hadn't seen her in like nine months. She kind of went through a bunch of crazy life shit, had to go to rehab for a while, all this stuff. And then I hadn't seen her in ages. And she like came to my house one night, March, April, probably. Yeah. And the first thing we wrote was that. We just wrote it and we were both talking like, shit, man, if you like loved yourself, the way you love this other person, be better. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's such a powerful message too, that like, so often we put others on these pedestals, especially in our relationships. And it's like, if we would put ourselves on that same pedestal, like not to say we're putting anybody down or we're trying to, to stand over anyone. No, for- but like if you would look at yourself in the same light that you look at other people in, man, how much better could your life be? Totally. I'm like, I was thinking about that even like last year I had a girlfriend and like, if I'd like saved money and not spend it on her during a pandemic, you know, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like I'd be better now. Yeah. Um, and all these things, but it's also just like being okay with that. You didn't do that, you know, and that like, here it is. So here's the moment. And um, so yeah, that and comes out sideways. It feels great to just release these songs, you know, and they're just yeah. so fucking, they're so honest. And Jimmy, who's producing me now on the label, uh, is really into every element of the song just being able to carry by itself. Mm-hmm. So for better now, it was like there's not a lot of shit on it. It's like piano and some synthy stuff and I think a bass or something. But it's like it's it's very much just like does it serve the song? Um, and the new one, we the new single that's going to come out um, soon is like very like glass animals type uh, funky, but it just because it worked, you know. And because I'm basically right now just writing songs and sending Jimmy demos, yeah, and not telling him anything about production. And then we're just we just get in there in the studio and we just do what feels best. And yeah. we're basically trying to do like make a song a month, um, which has been really fun. Yeah, well, and I think you know for one of the advantages for a solo artist like yourself is like. I I've told you before, like I don't like the genre labels anyway. So, like, as a solo artist, though, I think it's easier to jump around a little bit with your sound and yeah. what's actually appropriate for the lyrics and the the content of that song to let it live. Whereas, like, a band, a lot of times you get pigeonholed to some extent, and then you're stuck with, well, we put out the one rock album, now I guess we're a rock band, even though we want to be a metal band or whatever. Like, to- Totally. And I love when bands pivot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I do like the 1975 a lot because their last album was so weird and it's just like pivoting. Yeah. I always love that story that like uh, the Google doll, the Goo Goo Dolls first album was on Roadrunner mm-hmm. and it's like this like metal album. They yeah. were on, I remember getting a compilation when they first came out with them and Guar. They were on this <laughs> compilation with Guar Penguin Attack and I was like, what the fuck is this band Goo Goo Dolls? Um, they pivoted. I mean, I don't know if it was for the same reasons, but you know, I, I always enjoy doing whatever feels authentic. I remember when I was on my old label, my first album was like orchestral jazz. And it was like top 10 of 2010 on KCRW. This was like before Spotify. Um, and it did really what 
really well, whatever. Um, and then the next album, I was like, ah, I'll just do like a folk album and sing folk songs. And they were like, dude, why would you do that? And I was like, because I already made that album. Who fuck cares? You know? <clears throat> but I, I think, you know, it's funny. I say funny. Obviously, bands don't like it. But like the sophomore slump is is a real thing for a lot of bands where, yeah. you know, especially like a couple of them that stick out in my mind because I grew up listening to a ton of pop punk. Fallout Boy's second album was a fucking disaster for critics because it was too artsy or Panic at the Disco, like when they did um, whatever that album was called with Nine in the Afternoon, like right. they, they pivoted so much into this quote unquote artistic view, but it's like, my thing has always been, why would you want them to make the exact same album again? I've heard it. Like, right. I'm okay with you growing up because I'm growing up. Let's do this. Right. I, yeah, I mean, I love I love that, and I appreciate bands that do that that aren't afraid. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my goal. I'm like, I wasn't like, because Comes Out Sideways and Better Now are definitely stylistically different than my other songs, but there's like a narrative, and it's me, you know? Um, so... Yeah, I'm not super concerned, and I like that my label doesn't really care. That Jimmy's just like, dude, if it feels cool, man, let's go. Like, right? Yeah. Well, going back, going back to like the TikTok thing, you don't want to be the flash in the pan either. So, like, like you said, you know how to do these things, and you could trend on TikTok or Instagram Reels or whatever. But like, if it's not really who I am. How long do I even want to do that? Like, would you want to play that song that got a million streams right. because you've made the cookie cutter fit? Right. In that case, wouldn't you just want to get like a normal day job that paid really well and then you could make free jazz albums all night? I mean, right. it'd be the same concept to me. And I'd rather just do that because it would at least keep music fresh. Right. Yeah. Like for me, my music journalism is my quote unquote side gig. Like I've got a day job, but it's partly because this is what I love doing. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to ever like similar boat, obviously not record labels, but I used to write for examiner.com who got out, bought out by AXS mm -hmm. and it was this big corporate machine. And like they changed how much writers got paid and all that, you know, political bullshit and that i just went to my category director my editor whatever and i was like look man i'm not enjoying what i'm doing anymore because you guys are dictating everything that i have to do i'm done and i that's where you make the scene came out is i just want to get back to writing the album reviews that i want to write talk to the artist i want to talk to i don't want someone standing over my shoulder going hey uh this week you have to write about Totally. Katy Perry and this album and it can only be positive like what if the album was trash like right no 100% spin everything I totally get that that's where I'm at man yeah and I'm and I'm loving that I'm being encouraged to be like that yeah yeah I, uh. I think it's you know we touched on the mental health thing but I think it's also obviously beneficial to your mental health that you're not stuck in this drag of well, the label wants me to do this, so I guess I'm going to go do that. I'm beholden to them. 
Right. And the last label kind of, even though it was a small deal, felt like that because they were like spending money in ways that was like weird or whatever. And that's all your money. You know, remember that when you're an artist, you know, um, uh, this label, Jimmy's like, yeah, dude, like we'll make a song and it's cool. And then we'll put it out, man. Like, what do you feel like making? And, and like, he like very, I mean, he's like a very Zen person. Um, and it's been really nice, you know, and, and it's, it's nice. This is my first time in my life too, having someone produce me. Mm -hmm. And I'm really enjoying that. Um, like comes out sideways and better now. I mean, I definitely did production stuff on them, but it's, they weren't produced by me, which I like. Right. Well, like, obviously your artistry is still there, but when you have someone else mixing or, or doing production for a song or an album, even like, they're going to pick up on things that maybe you didn't. And, you know, like you had such a concrete vision of something and they go, yeah, but what if we just tweak this right here? And then all of a sudden it's a whole new song. I, I love it. And that's been really fun being with Jimmy is I just, it's about the song and me as an artist. And then I can kind of let go. And I love it. I do so, so much recording and music direction for people where I'm so anal and have to make things perfect. Yeah. Um, it's so great just to like my fucking job is I like write songs and like send them to Jimmy and he'll be like, yeah, dude, whatever, man. Like that sounds cool. Let's record that. You know, it's really fun. Oh, there you go. Okay. Um, yeah. And I think that's cool too. When you, you get the, not that you have a huge team around you, but like you've got like Jimmy with the label, someone that, truly sees you as an artist and allows you to be an artist and is bought into you as a person. It's the best. And Jimmy, he's a great, amazing producer, whatever, very successful guy. Um, And I do sessions for him playing strings too, for other stuff. Right. And it's great to delineate um, like when I'm an artist and it's great. He's the first person that just kind of lets me be. And he's the first person that I'm really just like super cool with producing me. Um, Yeah. Because yeah, producing which, a person is half production and half just like being there and being open, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is, you know, I think it's interesting. A lot of young bands or artists in general, like nowadays, it's so easy to get into producing your own stuff, obviously, with Logic and all that, you know, GarageBand, whatever. But like, I think a lot of them just assume oh, I can hand off this demo to a producer and they're going to polish it and it's going to be perfect because that's what they do. And it's like, it is, but if you're not giving them all you can be as an artist, they're, you know, the old saying, you you can't polish a turd. Like, yeah, and, and, and that's also the thing is like, just fucking being cool with it, things don't want to work. Right. Like if there's a fucking song, I used to go back to songs a lot. Mm-hmm. And my my buddy will be like, why? Who fuck gives a shit? Just write a different song. Yeah. And I'll like be like, oh, but this song's sick. It's the same thing we we're talking about the scarcity mindset, you know? Mm-hmm. Where fuck it, man. Like I'll write another song, you know? Like, like does it bum me out that my old label owns all those songs and I'll never get them back? Sure. What? Who fuck cares though, man? They're cool. I'll write more ones, you know? Right. Well, they're great songs. It's stoked, but like. So for me, it's just like being super cool with like 
whatever needs to happen or like, but then it's the same mentality. Like if I'm working with an artist, there's a time when I'll like, I'll fucking spend three days and I'll make everything all dope and they'll come in and they'll hate it. Right. Right. And instead of getting worked up, I'll be like, great, cool. Let's delete it. Let's do something else. Yeah. Because the thing is, it's not like a waste of time. It's me being on a journey to be creative, to get me to somewhere else. You right. know, and like the whole thing is a cycle that I don't even realize. And it's just appreciating that, you know, um, that's why I have like Ouroboros tattooed on my arm. Um, yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I think to go into that, you made the point that I was trying to get at, which was being open-minded. Um, but also like to your point right there, like, cool, you know, this artist doesn't like it or this producer doesn't like it. That doesn't mean down the road, something else isn't going to come up and you're, you know what I mean? Like you're going to remember, well, dude, I had this hook for this song over here. Like now that fits, let's use that. And and it's of the same token that like comes out sideways, didn't stream great. It'll probably pick up. It's fine. It didn't do great as far as numbers go. It could come back around though, because you know, the thing is, it's like, I think it's a really strong song and like it's, you know, putting out songs you believe in is never a bad thing. Right. So, cause Jimmy asked me when I got on the label, he's like, what are your expectations for these songs? I was like, zero, zero, none. I was like, and he's like, great. You'll be, you'll do amazing. Um, cause I don't look at the Spotify count anymore and be like, Oh fuck man. Holy shit. Right. There's only this. It's like, cool. All right. Great. You know? Um, yeah. And, and that's where I'm at. Like with the podcast, obviously we have, a little bit different analytics as far as like what each other can see but like i'll i'll do an interview with someone that i think is going to be really good and then it doesn't stream as well and i'm getting better about it but like i'll get in my head a little bit about like well shit like i really thought that one was going to blow up but it just did okay whereas like this little band that actually helped promote the podcast and everything like that one's streaming phenomenal so I'm in the the process of getting to where you are with like lowering the expectations that I have of myself mm. so that, you know, the, the cheesy, like, um, I don't even know what word I want to use. The, the like melodramatic version of it is not owed a bunch of streams. So anyone that takes the time to stream our, your music, my podcast, whatever, like, if, if you just start looking at it and going, hey, you know what? Come Out Sideways is 16,000, a little over 16,000 streams right now. Mm -hmm. Cool. Someone or, you know, however many people that ends up being, like, that song got played 16,000 times. That's really fucking cool. Right. And it's also, though, it's like you, you don't know the paths things take. Right. And very rarely for me, what I think is the best way ends up being the best way. <laughs> um, that's why I'm just learning the best way is just the middle way to just be pretty Zen with it. And like with music, it's like, cool. Um, yeah. I mean, like, like it, it, and it's awesome. And for me, it's like comes out sideways. Okay. Whatever. I, I guess there's 16,000 streams today or something to that. Yeah. Uh, that's great. There's no, nothing paid on these songs right now there's zero right now currently there's we're not running any ads anything at this right. current juncture 
So I'm like, great, cool. That just means that that many people want to listen to it by themselves with nothing. Yeah, yeah. organic. And, and that's and, the key is if you're getting the at least a decent baseline organically, and again, back to our point from earlier, like decent can mean any number of things. But if you're getting an organic base, when it's time to start paying to promote something, you know, whether it's an album coming out yep. or whatever, then you're just skyrocketing off you're, of this organic base. You're skyrocketing. No, I, I exactly. That's why it was great being on a label that did the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, cause now it's like, cause I asked Jimmy, I was like, dude, should we spend money on ads or this? And he's like, why? He's like, the, because there's this other guy on the label, Sean James, really great kind of like pirate singer. I mean, this dude's awesome. And he does really well, but he's just like has real fucking fans, you know? And he's just really authentic and he has real fucking fans. And he can do good numbers on all things now just because he's just really real. And he was like, you know, seven years after I released one song, it started popping off. So he's like, you never know when things so i'm just like happy that the songs are there every song that i'm releasing i believe in a lot yeah and all good i'm gonna release another cover i think this month or next month awesome yeah i I think you know to your point on that too like with the evolution of like TikTok and stuff i just talked to somebody not too long ago that they had a song all of a sudden start blowing up and it's a four-year-old song and it's because for some reason it started trending on TikTok. And everybody started doing everything they could with it and then went and streamed it. And there was a guy, a guy like that, I forget his name, and he ended up signing to Warner Brothers for an album that was four years old. Yeah. Um, is that the, uh, is that Lincoln from like Ohio or something like that? Is it a song about like a fucking St. Bernard? Something, it was something pretty random. Um, but I'm yeah. Thinking, yeah. 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 And I guess the point there is like, be patient, right? Like, like you said, you don't know what the right path is or what the path that this will take. Um, so just a matter of being patient too. And that real expectation that, or lack thereof expectation where it's out there in the world, it lives. And that's all I cared about was making it live. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Awesome, man. Awesome, brother. Um, yeah, that's everything I've got for you. I think what I want to do to to kind of tie all this back together, you know, we've we've touched on the new music that you're you're dropping. Um, you've you know had a couple of your own songs come out, but I do want to touch on real quick the uh, the cover you did of Sasha Sloan's song um, because you said you have another cover coming out. How do you, because it's different with everybody, how do you decide what song you want to cover? That was like, that That was just because I, I mean, I really like Sasha and I, I thought it'd be cool to do Sloan covering Sloan. Yeah. Um, and that, those lyrics are really cool. They just hit me real hard when I heard it. Yeah. And doing covers like that was kind of like my Bo Burham inside mini moment during lockdown where I was like, cause that smiling when I die cover, um, was like the first song that I ever mixed, mastered, recorded, just did everything myself. Yeah. And it was like, really just like, fuck it. And my old label didn't want to put anything out, you know? And Jimmy was like, yeah, fucking cool, man. <laughs> like, 
Jimmy's like, let's fucking go. What do you want to release? He's like, what do you want the art to be? Whatever. Like, so I released him on SoundCloud and it got like a few thousand plays on SoundCloud. So I was like, cool. Like, let me just put it out, you know? And yeah. it's great. It's fun. So the covers are really fun to me because they can let me re-envision something. And I, I enjoy that. So the next cover that I'm going to do is like a newfound glory tune. I have head on collision, but with a black gospel singer. Okay. As like synth pop with no guitars. I'm looking forward to that because I am a huge Newfound Glory fan. Same. I did the song Head On Collision, which actually All Time Alone named their band after that song. Yep. Um, and uh, I actually hit up Alex from All Time Low to see if he wanted because I played at Emo Night this show. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to get Alex to sing it with me. Um, didn't quite work out, but uh, yeah. 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 It, it, there's another band you know going back real quick on bands that like have re-envisioned themselves like newfound glory will always be newfound glory but they had that album uh coming home that everybody was like whoa this is it's pop punk but it's not you know like it was such a romantic album and like so artsy and lovey-dovey and everything that people were like "I, i don't know what to do with this now and then because they have a real fan base like when i say a real fan base i mean like an authentic fan base yeah they 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 do well yeah it's a big following too but, but um, you know their fan base is authentic and like even if that album i happen to love newfound glory and that album is at the bottom of their list as far as like what album they'd like to listen to but they've they've always come back to them you know like every time they drop a new album i'm at least checking it out a hundred percent. Yeah. And, and I also, yeah, I love it. I love their writing so much. So for me, you'll hear in the cover, I wanted to showcase the writing and that's when just going back to the covers, you said, it's just showcasing a different side so people could see a different side of things, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think that's everything for this yeah. one, man. Um, I, I love talking to you. So yeah. let's uh, yeah. do the, do the kind of standard outro, right? So I'm obviously going to link all the socials and everything, but tell people where they can find you. um, Best way to interact with you on, on social media. Uh, Like Um, you said, you're, you're working on becoming a little more active in your own way. Yeah. On all things, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it's just at Sloan songs, S L O A N E songs, Sloan songs. The website is Sloan songs.com. Very easy to find. Um, I'll probably be doing, a couple little things around LA soon. I have a, bu- a few bigger uh, music direction projects that are going to take up a lot of my time, but for sure releasing a ton of music this year. So please go ahead and follow me on Spotify. The one follow means a lot. So yeah. Yeah. And we don't have to, to dive into it, but I always try to make it a point that it's those little free things that actually do matter. So like a follow on Spotify yeah, Spotify sees all that, and when an artist starts getting those accumulations, now yeah. it's like, oh, it's a big deal. They're they're ready for a curated playlist over here, and yeah, now we can put them as cover art or whatever, and it it launches people. I know, and I just try to. It's like those things mean a lot to people like us. So, yeah, please follow me on Spotify. That 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 will be great. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward. To- Definitely looking forward to that newfound glory cover. Awesome, brother. I'll send it to you first. Awesome. Appreciate you. Later. Later.
And that was my conversation with Nick, a.k.a. Sloan. Always enjoy talking to him. This is our third time really having an in-depth conversation. Um, You know, we talked about a year ago um, around his project at that time, the music he was releasing at that time, um, and just had a, a really good conversation there. And then more recently had him as a guest on uh, Musicians for Mental Health. And again, that was super cool because he was very open and honest and and raw and just transparent with his story and the struggle that he was going through. And, you know, we touched on it a little bit there in this conversation where, like, You know, he's still working through things, and music is kind of that therapy for him. So, you know, it's just really cool to have someone that is willing to show that side of themselves to fans. Um, And, you know, damn it if he's judged and, and all that for it, because that is exactly what we need in this world right now, is people that are real with each other. Um, And... I can say for myself that that is one of the things I appreciate so much about Nick uh, is that he is very real. Um, like we said there at the end of the episode, hopefully you guys have made it this far, but like we said there at the end, it's the little things that really matter. So if you could go give him a follow uh, on Spotify, like his, you know, Facebook page, Instagram, all that as well. Um, He's very responsive on Instagram. So, you know, feel free to leave him a comment, tell him that you checked out the episode. Um, And yeah, you know, I'm really looking forward to this new music, especially this newfound glory uh, cover that he was talking about, because I'm a huge pop punk in general, but newfound glory has been with me, you know, really since the very beginning um i remember finding them on nothing gold can stay and man the rest is history right so that's everything for this week guys uh be sure that you go like subscribe follow sloan um i've got all the social medias and everything linked in the description of the podcast uh he's super easy to find And then, obviously, the same thing for us, because those things still matter for us, too. The more likes we have, the more followers, shares, all that sort of stuff plays factors in not only Spotify or Apple, like, boosting the podcast and, you know, maybe recommending it for people, but it also gives us the analytics when artists' management says, but how are your streaming numbers or, you know, what kind of results are you getting on the podcast, which actually does happen. Um, I just recently had a management team ask me for the numbers. And so, you know, I'm waiting to hear back on that. So the bigger the numbers are, the the more likely we are to get some of these artists that you guys want. Um, for now, though, let's take this episode out. It's been a long one. I appreciate you guys sticking through it. Um, we will take this episode out with Comes Out Sideways 
by Sloan. Remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene. I've been thinking about the future and it's all overwhelming. Running around my mind, getting lost. I can't trust my feet to lead or to follow when I jump deep. I always land shallow Cause it all comes out sideways mm -hmm. And every day feels like any other day And then you call out I sit up straight But I fall back in all my old ways And it comes out sideways This one to my therapist on Wednesday I hope he says breakdowns look like progress I can't fall asleep Chased by a monster I jump too deep Wish I'd fallen for another um, I literally told Sophia I swear I'm gonna marry this one Cause it all comes out sideways mm -hmm. And every day feels like any other day And then you call out I sit up straight but I fall back In all my old ways And it comes out sideways